0: Hey, skinny peeps. I'm so glad you're here with me today. It's the 8th of May, 2018. My name is Bevan Caramello, and it is my privilege to be walking you through part of God's Word today. We are in the middle of a series called Providence versus Coincidence. Okay. I am coming out of oh, four or five in-depth months of studying the book of Esther. And so I'm attempting to give you some of my biggest takeaways from that time that I spent in the book of Esther with the Lord. Okay, so I just want to tell you, I mean, its it truly is a powerful little book. And I've said this before, you guys, at some point, I'm sure you remember, I, I wasn't too thrilled when I first started in Esther. I had read it a couple of times before, and it never really... I don't know what the word is. It never really thrilled me, I guess. But as I've learned before, uh, I am hard-headed like that. Sometimes I have to learn things more than once. (laughs) But as I've learned before, there is a big difference between just reading something and really studying something. And I shouldn't have been surprised, although I was. um, But I've walked this road before when God put the book of Nehemiah, In front of me for a period of time, and I wasn't too thrilled with that idea either. I would never really um, had much interest in studying the book of Nehemiah, but it ended up being one of the most profound periods of time in my life when God revealed huge things to me about his desire to do a really big work of healing in my own family. And then my call to be a prayer warrior over what he was going to do. And he used the book of Nehemiah to reveal that to me. And like I said, it was profound. It was profound. Um, so when God nudges you toward scripture, you know, maybe toward a certain book of the Bible, or maybe there's a verse that just keeps popping up in your life. You know, maybe it's that, that verse that's right there when you open your Bible app on your phone, or it's a verse in your daily devotional one morning and then the next morning a friend mentions it to you or your pastor points you there in church on Sunday. You guys, that's not coincidence. It's providence. God has something for you there. So go find it. Okay? So if this series sparks something in you for the book of Esther, study it. Okay? Don't stop with these skinny messages. Go deeper. This podcast is named The Skinny. (laughs) The Skinny, guys, for a reason. It's a devotion-style message. It's meant to propel you toward a more in-depth time with God. Time in prayer and and time spent in the Word. Okay, I'll give you as much as I can Um, in our 15 to 20 minutes together. I'll give you as much as I can, though, every week. All right. So providence versus coincidence. I want to show you another place in Esther where the world so easily um, would just write it off as coincidence, but we know better, right? Okay. Remember the theme for Esther, the theme that I gave you guys a couple weeks ago. and, And again, we talked about last week, the theme that I keep seeing in the book of Esther is this the reversal of destiny, okay? Both Esther's own personal destiny and in the future of the entire nation of Israel, this reversal of destiny. God is in every piece of it, okay? In the small details of our own personal lives and the huge matters of nations all over the world. That's his providence, Okay, that's his providence. All right, so turn with me, if you have your Bible, to Esther chapter 3. If you're driving or you're on the treadmill, just listen in. I'll read it for us, okay? We're going to be in Esther chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 5, and I'm going to read us verses 5 through 7 says When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. Yet having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. In the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, they cast the pure, that is the lot, in the presence of Haman, to select a day and month. And the lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. Okay, guys, so they cast lots. That's basically they rolled the dice. Okay, that's what that means, that word pure in Hebrew, P-U-R, in verse 7. They're, they're casting lots, they're rolling the dice, okay? So right now, it is the month of Nisan, Okay, that is their, the first month. This would be the equivalent of late March for us in the Hebrew calendar. Okay, so there's an order that has been dispatched all over the kingdom of, Pers- of Persia. That's uh, King Xerxes' kingdom at the time, the kingdom of Xerxes. That's the kingdom of Persia. There's been this order dispatched. Haman, this vile, vile man, who had a beef with Mordecai, um, and he found out Mordecai was a Jew, and so he doesn't want to just get back at Mordecai. He wants to annihilate all the Jews. Okay, Men, women, and children are going to be annihilated if you go on to verse 13 in chapter 3. They're all going to be annihilated on a single day. That's the 13th of the month of Adar. Okay, so this is a planned genocide in the month of March for one day in the month of Adar. That's our mid to late February. Okay, so they're planning this in late March. And then this annihilation, they cast lots, they roll the dice to decide the date of the massacre of the entire nation of Israel. And it ends up about 11 months later. Okay, in the month of Adar, that's our mid to late February. You guys, no doubt messing with God's chosen people here was a big mistake, okay? No doubt those dice were most definitely weighted. We've heard of weighted dice in Vegas, right? People who cheat, they weight the dice. But you guys, these dice were weighted by the hand of God. The Jews have almost an entire year to prepare for this massacre that's coming for them that Haman's planned. But again, you guys, this is not coincidence. This is providence. There's 11 months for them to prepare. Okay, I want us to keep going. Turn with me, uh, still in the book of Esther, to chapter 8. Okay, we're gonna fast forward a little bit here. So we already learned last week that God turned the tables on this evil plan of Haman's, okay? This week, what I really want you and I to take hold of here is the providence and his timing, okay? Keep that in mind, the providence and his timing. So we're going to be in chapter 8 now. I'm going to read verses 3 through 9. Okay, it says, Esther again pleaded with the king, falling at his feet and weeping. She begged him to put an end to the evil plan of Haman, and which he had devised against the Jews. Then the king extended the gold scepter to Esther, and she arose and stood before him. If it pleases the king, she said, and if he regards me with favor and thinks it the right thing to do, and if he is pleased with me, let an order be written overruling the dispatches that son that Haman, son of, and I hope I don't um, just chop this up terribly, Hemadatha, the Agagite, (laughs) I'm uh, butchering those words there, those names, devised and wrote to destroy the Jews in all the king's provinces. For how can I bear to see disaster fall on my people? How can I bear to see the destruction of my family? King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew. Remember, that's her cousin who raised her. Because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther, and they have hanged him on the gallows. Now write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews, as seems best to you, and seal it with the king's signet ring. For no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. At once the royal secretaries were summoned. On the twenty-third day of the third month, the month of Sivan, they wrote out all Mordecai's orders to the Jews and to the satraps, governors, and nobles of the 127 provinces stretching from India to Kush. These orders were written in the script of each province, in the language of each people, and also to the Jews in their own script and language. You guys, the edict is, it can't be revoked, but they're given permission to write another one on top of it, even bigger than it, Okay. And the part that I want us to really focus on here again is the timing. I'm going to break this down for you guys. What we just read, this happened on the 23rd day of the month of Sivan. Okay, so this would have been late May for us. Okay, so remember, the edict goes out in March that the Jews are going to be annihilated the following February. Okay, now we're in May. Okay, so I want you to think of this. This evil edict went out in March and now it's May. There's two big takeaways here, okay? Two big things that I want you to see here. This day, the 23rd of Sivan, this is big. I hope you guys, oh, I'm so excited to share this with you. Okay, you guys, it's also the day of the Jewish Passover, this would be so significant to the Israelites, you guys, so significant as a reminder of their deliverance from Pharaoh in Egypt like a thousand years earlier. And here they are again on the day of Passover, this edict, they're The tables are being turned again on this same day, the day of Passover. You guys, if you're not familiar with the term Passover, it's totally okay. If you don't know what what that means, I would just encourage you to read the book of Exodus. Okay, it's the second book of the Bible, Genesis, then Exodus. Specifically, chapter 12 records the first Passover. It's when God literally passed over the homes of the Israelites and struck down all the firstborn in all of Egypt. But he passed over the Jews. Okay. And as a result, Pharaoh then, out of this fear of God, he set them free from hundreds of years of slavery. Okay. And and here he was again, you guys. Here's God again on Passover delivering his people from this. This edict, this massacre that was coming for them. Because this, the timing on this, the dates, this would not have been lost on them. This is providence. This is not coincidence. This is providence. The second thing that I want us to take note of here is that this deliverance came exactly 70 days after Haman's evil decree was issued exactly 70 days, the number 70 and the number seven in the Bible are often God's numbers of completion, okay? Or numbers of perfection. And we don't know for sure um, that the number 70 here means completion. The text doesn't say. But what we can be absolutely sure of is that God is a God of completion. You guys, he never does anything just part of the way. We never see him start anything in the Bible that he doesn't finish perfectly. He takes everything he does to full completion, and his timing is always perfect. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 tells us that by his power, he will fulfill every good purpose and every act prompted by our faith. Every good purpose and every act prompted by our faith, He will fulfill them by His own power. He is faithful. You guys, God doesn't leave things halfway done. And God is always working on behalf of His children. We can trust His perfect timing in our lives. I want to read a psalm for you. It's um, Psalm 16, verse 5. It says, Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. You guys, there's our word again, that word Lot, you have made my lot secure. That's that Hebrew word, pure, P-U-R, where they talked about in Esther about casting lots. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. He has made your lot secure. Make no mistake. God is in control. And his timing is always perfect. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we praise you for being a God who completes every good work that he starts. Lord, we praise you for being a God of perfect timing. Lord, thank you for this time in your word today. Thank you for what it is that you're showing us and teaching us in the book of Esther. Lord, that what the world would so often call call, call coincidence is not coincidence at all. Lord, it's your providence. And your providence is in the timing of everything happening in the lives of your children. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for each person listening today, both now and in the future. I thank you for the work that you're doing in them. I thank you for the work you're doing in this ministry. I thank you, Lord, for the work that you're doing in me. Lord, you have a plan and a purpose for each of us. And you will not leave even the tiniest detail undone, Lord thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. I truly cherish and love our time together. Please know until next week, I will be praying for you and yours. Bye now.